Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Oh, Trent Condon. Score. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon. Monday, President's Day, Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller for the next couple of hours talking sports with you. Appreciate you spending some of your morning here with us and into the afternoon. BMW Des Moines guest list shapes up like this. A lot of basketball conversation. Scott Docterman first from The Athletic. Uh, he will join us. We'll get to into some other topics with Doc. They posted the results. They, The Athletic, posted the results of the survey that they asked the fans of the Big Ten footprint uh, when it comes to football. Who would they like to see protected as their three rivals? So we'll get into that with Doc as he was a big part of that uh, coming up here at uh, the bottom of the hour 1205 Kevin Lehman ready or not the valley is in the final week of its regular season which will culminate on Sunday a huge one Bradley and uh, Drake who's playing exceptionally well uh, they will determine whoever wins the Valley on Sunday afternoon. That is a 3 o'clock tip. I thought that I saw the game has moved to ESPN2. I went to Drake's schedule. It's listed as ESPN+. Plus, so maybe it just hasn't been updated by ESPN. But I'm pretty sure it's on the deuce. Um, we'll know as the week goes on. And, and then uh, what do you got? Nick Olson, of course. Nick Olson from uh, CycloneAlert.com, 24-7 Sports. Iowa State conversation with our friend Nick uh, coming off a loss to K-State and back on the road they go uh, to take on, I would have to assume on Tuesday night, a pesky Texas team. And that is Longhorn Network. So for the first time, there was a football game there. This- Good morning. Good morning. Of How are you? <laughs> Did we have to watch Longhorn Network this this football season? I don't think we did, did we? Not for Iowa State. Right. Texas. They had others, but did yeah. they? I don't think it was this one. I don't think so. But they all we'll, start to run together, don't they? They really do. Uh, but we will be there on Tuesday night, and it is channel... 677. 677 on DirecTV. You know I'm there often. Yeah, you spend I, a lot of time I, there. I, I love the programming. <laughs> right. Yeah. When you're not on the ACC network, oh, you yes. get their program. Yeah. I uh, actually do go to the ACC network for games. Sure, because, yeah, there's a number of them there. Absolutely. Uh, anyways, uh, that's the BMW Des Moines guest list. Trends plays of the day, and there's a plenty of day games uh, to uh, entertain. Well, certainly is in the NHL. I don't know. Is there in college basketball today? Or is it tonight? NBA is off because of the All-Star game. Right. I just assumed there'd be some hoops today, but maybe there isn't. Maybe it is all uh, tonight. We got UC Davis against UC San Diego coming up at 5 o'clock. Well, there you go. Not a whole lot. NHL. There's lots of during the day today. Two at one, a couple at one the at three. The Ducks-Panthers battling at noon. Isn't there another noon? Th- Senators-Preds. Uh, Bruins, excuse me. Okay. And then a 3 o'clock game that gets my attention. I don't remember who it is. Avalanche Flames? You know what? If, uh, Avalanche Flames. Flames Flyers. Flames Flyers. Okay. Yeah, this afternoon. And your Jets play. Tonight. Yeah, they'll get beat again. Today. They're, they're in big trouble. Oh, really? This team has not had a good week. Anyways, um, enough hockey for now. Yes. Maybe get back into it with your plays coming up. So, so much basketball to recap from over the weekend. Let's start with the good, and that is the Drake Bulldogs, because mm-hmm. they're playing exceptionally well right now. Although the, the uh, broadcast, CBS Sports Network, and I don't know either the broadcasters that did the game. What's it going to take for Roman Penn to get some love? <laughs> I, I'm telling you. It's Damask, it's Shepard, uh-huh. and it's Tucker DeVries. It's not. It's not. I couldn't agree with you more. If you watch this league, the MVP, most valuable player, 
is Roman Penn. Yes. And he was again yesterday. And I don't think it's particularly close. Yes, Tucker DeVries is the best pro prospect. Mm-hmm. What those other guys have done for their team, absolutely important. Yeah, it's a good thing Shepard showed up for Belmont yesterday. Drake continues on this path. Roman Penn is the MVP. I, they win these final two games this week. Preach to the choir. I don't think it's close. I am with you. But they had their picture. They had all the stats. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, come on. I mean, um, Roman Penn is, is, um, has carried this team down the stretch. When DeVries was out, and he was, mm-hmm. uh, he was hospitalized for a while. That means Sturtz has been terrific. Don't get me wrong. And Brody's had his moments. I love Enright off the bench. I thought Ferguson was really good yesterday, the big he was. Uh, that played uh, some minutes yesterday. Um, Wilkins is kind of... You know, it's kind of what he is, right? At this yeah, point, yeah, he's struggling to shoot the three. What is it with college basketball? Maybe this is a layman question. So many teams are struggling at the free throw line, like we've never seen before. Is it the? I don't know. It's not this. It's not the sports centerification of sports, right? Because that's We're, been around for a long time, right? Exactly. I mean, in the in, in the you know when um, twenty years ago, you could okay, you know what? I'll buy that theory because they they want to show a free throw. <laughs> they want to show somebody slamming one home, right? Uh-huh. Um, but there's more missed free throws in college basketball seemingly this year than I can recall. Maybe I'm wrong. It just seems like that to me. Well, maybe it's the teams that we've seen. Well, maybe that's it because Iowa State can't shoot one to save their life. No. And Drake yesterday struggled. Um, I was had a couple of games. I was had a couple State of stinkers. Game. Yes, that's been in there. Yeah. So maybe that's kind of maybe tainting our viewpoint. Maybe a so. Bit. Good point. Fair point. The team that we the teams that we watch mm-hmm. the most. They're having struggles. Just atrocious. Yeah, it's it's really really bad. It really is. This Drake team getting off, dominating the fashion. So I, I anticipated they were going to get a little bump in the net. I thought they were going to jump up. Where were they to begin? They were at seventy two uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. They're at seventy two today. Jeez. So you went by fourteen. I guess a pretty good Belmont team. Yeah, I mean they're twelve and six. So here is their report. This is what the stat sheet looks like when the committee members get them. So if you go to warrennolan.com. Uh, you can click on net team sheet, and it looks exactly like the team sheet that the selection committee gets. So, got their net up there, 72. Record, D1 only, 22 and 6. Strength of schedule, 258. Non conference strength of schedule, 271. 1 and 0 in quad 1, 2 and 3 in quad 2. A lot of times you hear more and more of the selection committees are kind of combining those first two quads okay. together. Yeah. 3 and 3. Pretty ho hum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not a whole lot there. Of course, the neutral court win against Mississippi State is their quad one victory. You have the losses to Indiana State and St. Louis, along with Southern Illinois. That's what you have on the resume right now in terms of losses. The wins, Bradley, Belmont, Indiana State in quad two. There just isn't a ton of meat on the bone. Mm-hmm. And we've continued to talk about if, if, if. Well, that means they are 26 and 7. That is going to be their D1 record if they complete the regular season, get to the championship game. I just don't see it. I I want to. Yeah. I want to build the case. Yeah. It's just so tough for So them if to it do. comes down to these two and you're the deciding vote on the selection because Texas Tech has gone on a roll. Yeah. And they've won they've they've only lost one of their remaining four so they put three more in the win column. They're going to have a very similar record uh, to Iowa State last year. What is if it's between Texas Tech and Drake? I think it's Texas Tech cuz they've shown an ability to beat tournament teams. And, yes, I know, last 10 games, last 12 games, it's not supposed to matter. Mm -hmm. It's a metric that was taken away. It hasn't been. No. It really hasn't. No, it it seems like that. Go back to the Iowa team that collapsed, still made it in the play-in game. 
You look at their totality of their resume. There is no way that team should have been in the first four. If or yeah, in the first four, if you look at the totality of the resume. But they lost what was it, eight out of nine down the stretch, and that's why they were shipped off to Dayton because the totality of the resume that wasn't a playing game. No, they should have been a nine seed, a ten seed, and yet there they were on the eleven having to go to Dayton. So you can't tell me. And there's been so many examples of this, not just Iowa, that have happened throughout the years. It's not supposed to matter. But it absolutely mm. matters what you do towards the end of the season. And because of that... Well, Bulldogs, you know what? Go win, win the tournament in St. Louis. Exactly. <laughs> Keep it easy. Well, and the way they're playing. They are playing exceptionally well. They are dominating. Yeah, they really are. I uh, saw a sports book. There's the postseason for them. Obviously, it'll be a three-letter tournament yes. if they don't qualify for the big dance. We've been talking about regular season odds throughout the course of the season and the adjustments, and it's been fun to follow along and kind of see those numbers as they fluctuate through the course of the year. I can't remember what it was, but I did see one of these sports books does have odds up now for a few conference tournaments as well. What would you put Drake right now? Minus two fifty. Uh, 280. Yeah. To win three straight games. Yes, it's tough. Yeah. Yaddy, yaddy. They're playing that well. Mm-hmm. Now, Bradley's also playing well. No, no, I like your number better. I like your number better. A little tighter, yeah, but still, yeah. you're laying money yeah, if you're going to bet Drake to win Arch Madness. I, I think that's what we're going to see when we get to that point. And I'd like to see what Sunday brings before yeah. we go on. I mean, Bradley's favored in that game, by the way. Are they really? By three. Okay. So, if you think it's a foregone conclusion, not quite the case mm-hmm. with the doggies and speaking of the valley you and i nice win dana hughes on the call how about that i didn't know that yeah he was a color guy for the broadcast i didn't realize that i was talking to kevin this morning kevin yeah. layman who will yeah. join us uh next hour and he says yeah he pops in he's kind of you know they, they need somebody and they know he's going to do a good job but because i heard the voice i'm like i know the voice huh. and i went back to the game now and said, oh it's Dana Hughes on the basketball game with Mo State and you and I. You and I needed that one just to get off the schneid, get some kind of positive feelings, and they held on late to get the victory. Though Coach Jake, much like we saw Coach DeVries a couple weeks ago in the Nap Center when those two teams faced off, up three late in the game. Mm-mm. He didn't foul. Missouri State just missed the three-pointer. Oh, boy. Uh, let's, uh, let's, you want to get to the bad, you know, one, yeah, let's do that. Uh, let, let's, let's go, uh, let's go in the way that, that it unfolded. And Iowa State had another lead, uh, let another lead slip away as they went to halftime. What were they up? Eight, nine, something like that. And then very quickly, here comes K-State. And in particular, here comes Noel, who did nothing in the first half of that game. I think his only points were at the free throw line, but boy, oh boy, he was absolutely unstoppable. Trent, they just, speaking of Iowa State, they just don't have any consistent shooters on this team. Right. It's been a bugaboo. It's not that it's not that we just noticed this on Saturday. This has been a season long story. I mean, and every Jess now Coons and then, most right consistent. now, I think he yeah. is. Yeah, I mean, Kalsher, he was that guy for a while, but he's kind of reverted back. Holmes could not make a shot to save his life. And that get in the lane, that little jumper that he has. It's usually so good. I mean, it's been it's, good, yes. He went to a 12 from 2. It's unbelievable. And, of course, the three-point shooting, another 0 for 4 yep. attack on top of it, yep. and a 2 of 16 performance. It's a clunker. Mm-hmm. It was a winnable game, and I think that's where the frustration lies. You could have got that game. Yep. And you get that game, we're starting to talk about some different things for this team and really solidifying yourself as a top-four team. No, they're still in good shape. And, and we have to kind of warn about this every single year, right? We look at it, it's devastating. Oh, what an ugly loss. We're not going to be a top four seed. We're not going to be able to see the Cyclones in Des Moines because I saw it all and I heard it all from the fan base afterwards and the sky is falling. Not so fast. 
Look around college basketball. Look at everybody out there. Your resume is still in really good shape. This it, was a road loss. It, it is, um, and they, they've got a couple more coming in all likelihood. Well, they're certainly going to be underdog on Tuesday at Texas. Mm-hmm. Then they come home to face Oklahoma, right? Yes. And before going out on the road to finish at Baylor. Well, they got West Virginia as well. Oh, there's there's five left. Four left. Four left. Texas Tuesday. Texas. Home for Oklahoma. Yep. Big Monday. Well, big-ish Monday. I think that's the ESPNU game against West Virginia. And then, and then Baylor. Against Baylor. So four remaining. Two on the road. Texas and Baylor. Tough. Give them Wells. Yep. They get both home games, though? Got to. West Virginia's going the wrong way. Yep, they are. They were absolutely obliterated yep. again. Oklahoma. Good fight. Took it to overtime mm-hmm. against Texas. Texas. yeah. And it's not a gimme. Of those two games, I think Oklahoma is the more difficult, the way the teams are playing right now. They're, what, a seven-point favorite against Oklahoma, four-point favorite against West Virginia. I'd flip-flop them. So, so put split, a number at it. and that, that would get them to 10 in conference? 10 and 8. 10 and 8. Right now, they're still, uh, where, where, when the NCAA came out with their um, their top 16, where mm-hmm. were they, 11? I think that's right, yeah. I think that's right. right. Yep. Which means firmly on the three for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they've done this exercise, both times that they've done it on Saturdays, Iowa State's been beaten. Um, but... You know, so far so good. Now yeah. I don't know what the story is with Grill. Are they just going to try and uh, rest him up for March? You shut him down? I, I don't know. I mean, I was kind. I was really surprised that he was in his street clothes when Tra- when Travis Hines tweeted that that he wasn't going to be able to answer the bell. I was surprised. And you remember back the first time he was at Iowa State and he had that wrist injury, and an Iowa State fan told me that mom wasn't real pl- happy about it at the time. And the family was not real pleased that I think he played six games with that wrist injury when he probably shouldn't have been playing and weren't real happy with the medical staff. And now mm. you wonder, that's a back injury. Anything happens. Yeah. But if a family gets upset before, hey, make sure you're right. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember that part of the story. I'm not yeah. saying you're wrong. Right. Right. And, I mean, and, I and I didn't remember. either. They just passed that along to yeah. me. But I don't remember it either. Uh, I saw a tweet from her at the time just kind of talking about his toughness playing through that injury at the time. But... You always wonder, and you know, when things like that are happening, and mm-hmm. you've had an injury before, how difficult it is to get mm-hmm. back out there. You know, Mike Miles, we saw last week. He said, mm-hmm. "I'm not going out there until, until I'm he's ready. ready." And he's ready this weekend. Mm-hmm. And what a difference he makes when he's on the floor. Different team. Oh, different team. So eight o'clock tomorrow night, Longhorn Network, Iowa State Day. Another opportunity to pick one off on the road. This was a rock fight, this game at Hilton uh, earlier in the year, and I'm guessing Texas has a long memory and want to even the score on that one. But K-State got him. I agree with you, Trent. It seemed like one that uh, uh, kind of feels like when you look back on it that that uh, if a woulda, shoulda. There's been a couple of those because they've had leads in games and decent leads in games and haven't been able to shut the door. What's more likely with this Kansas State team? They're one and done. They'll be, say, a five seed, lose to a 12. Or? Or they get to the lead eight. Oh, the, the, the former. Sweet 16. No, I don't think they've got the talent to do that. Yeah, they've got two I, really good players, let's be honest. I mean, Johnson and Noel can fill it up and do. But I don't know. Other than that, what do they really have? What not, does this nothing, team have? Nothing. Just, right? Frankly, yeah, there's just mm-hmm. not a whole lot there. They there are, isn't. They're a two-man team. Yeah, they're a two-man team. And two really good players. Two really good they're players. Excellent, they're excellent, They are. And Noel, again, did nothing in the first half. He couldn't stop him in the second half. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to uh, last night. Look, Northwestern, how about the... Um, the homestand that they had, what did they beat at home? Purdue, Indiana, and Iowa in consecutive games? Back to back to back? Not too shabby. Not too shabby, man. I'll say not too shabby. Um, they are they're playing as, can you say as well as anybody in the conference? That's yes. why I stopped myself. Yeah, absolutely. Can you? Yeah. 
Before that, they went to Ohio State and Wisconsin mm-hmm. won two road games. Yes, they're playing as well as anybody in the Big Ten. And it's ridiculous because it's Northwestern. Mm-hmm. It's that jersey that you see across the front. Right. You see the cats out there. You think, well, they can't be good. <laughs> they're good. They're good. Yes. Our, our takeaway in the game against Iowa back on January 31st was not so much Iowa as they ran away in the second half was that Northwestern team's pretty dang good. Yeah, and looking, Bill's right. Those are the two best guards in the conference. Yeah. Barnheiser was really good yesterday. Mm-hmm. Adige was in foul trouble, but Bo Bowie was just, I uh, mean, Jesus, what a performance he had uh, in the game. And um, when it comes to Iowa, it was just, speaking of struggles, shooting, right? Three for 24 from three. Three for 24, 15 turnovers in the basketball game. Which is unheard of for Frank For the Catherine Hawks, yeah, yeah, it they, is. They just don't do that, mm-hmm. and they did that. Philip Robracha, it was bad Robracha. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't see the double teams. He was not good getting the ball out quickly. Yep. He really struggled in the game. And though we only had, what, a couple of turnovers, four turnovers in the game, it felt like eight. It was just one yeah. of those. And Perkins picking up that second foul in the oh. I knew I thought you were the first person I thought of when I saw it because he knew it was going to happen. Well, and, and again, at that point, I was fine. All right, put him in the. But when things are starting to fall apart again. Couldn't get to the rim. You have nobody. You're not shooting the ball well. Nobody can get to the rim. Uh-huh. You have to get your one playmaker with the ball back in the game. And this is what... It's not the two-foul participation alone. It's circumstances. Yes. And to have this hard and fast rule, to not realize that there are certain circumstances uh-huh. that you have to be willing to adapt. That's what drives me nuts. Adapt to the way the game is being played. The way the game is going, that has to be a big part of it. Yeah, Robracha picks up two fouls. I completely get that because you don't have anybody. You, you try to survive the last eight minutes, whatever it is, the half. You try to survive, get to the second half because you know in the second half, if he picks up that fourth, if he gets three in the first half and gets a fourth early on, you're going to have to play 12 minutes without him. Mm-hmm. I completely get that part of it. But for Tony Perkins, the way that game was going, you had to get him back out there. And what happened in the beginning of the second half? He comes out right away. A huge difference. Get, gets them back yeah. in the game, gives them at least an opportunity. Cut it to what, seven? Yeah, got it yeah. to seven. 47-40, I think. They had a chance, and then, well, what happens? They come down mm. and a wide open three. I was missing open shots, too. Yeah. It, it's not the environment. It's They just had a bad game. But I do want to go this direction with you. So look at Iowa on the road, because they will, this just in, there will be no NCAA tournament games in Carver Hawkeye Arena. No, Men's kidding. Games. When did that happen? Yeah, no, no games there. Okay. They will have to go away from their home gym. This is what they've done on the road. True road games so far this season for Iowa and the Big Ten. We go all the way back. Nebraska. Eesh. Awful. Penn State, they're down 20 in the first half. Mm-hmm. Absolutely obliterated. Rutgers, great game. Mm-hmm. There's one. At Ohio State, Jeez. run off the floor. Yep. Michigan State, could have had it, mm-hmm. didn't. Didn't shoot well in that That's game. That's the one so far that uh, could have gone their way. But didn't shoot it well also nope. in that game. But, but that, was the, that was the one that I felt like, you know what, I would left one left a W on the road. Purdue, on the road, 5 of 18 for yeah, 3. Nope. And then, of course, what we saw last night. Minnesota doesn't really count. No. You're not no. going to play a card. Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> you got to shoot the ball well. Uh-huh. And you got to hit 8, 9, 10, 12 shots, 3-pointers to win in the NCAA tournament the way this team is constructed. Got to figure this out. Mm. Most teams, yes, especially in college basketball, you're a lot different on the road as you are at home. I completely get that. But it feels like maybe that gap is a little bit more significant 
for this Iowa team compared to some other. They just got to make some shots. I mean, three for 24. And Chris didn't shots. make a no. three. Peyton Sanford was just, again, what did he make? One three, I think? He mm-hmm. made one three. And a couple of ugly ones, too. Oh, so did Chris. But they were forced. They were, before the banked in three at the horn by Eulis in the first half, they were one of 16. Mm-hmm. You know, didn't at the time that feel like a big three, though, you was coming off the floor? I thought so, too. And, and then they came. Slided. They did, but I came out with uh, mm-hmm. with uh, Perkins early. And uh, and who hit another? Oh, Kalsher hit one at the buzzer, a meaningless three. That was one of his threes at the end of the game uh, on Saturday. Um, yeah, not a good weekend. Not a good weekend yeah. for Iowa and Iowa State. Well done for the two Valley schools in the state, uh, particularly Drake. The beat goes on. But I'm with you on you and I. You know, I don't, shouldn't shortchange you and I. They needed that one. They did. That felt like a good one. Uh, for them, and we'll see what it does uh, with the final week upon us. I think they're pretty solid in the 8-9 spot, so Mm. maybe we'll get a quarterfinal with the doggies and uh, kitties. That wouldn't Mm. be too bad, huh? Not at all. I'd sign up for that. You know, Thursday's going to be fun down there. Yeah. Full day, it's kind of like what Friday used to be. It's now Mm -hmm. Thursday's back to being exactly what Friday's going to be, and ready or not, that tournament will be here next week. Jeez. It's next week. That's unthinkable. It is. Well, you know what that means? We're just closer to football season, right? I guess. Bridge of that gap. It was different this weekend, though, wasn't it? My gosh, it was, it was. different. So did you watch any All-Star game? Headed on the fourth quarter. Did you? They did the stupid Elamending. I hate it. Yeah. And I hated it even worse because it was like a 12-15 point game going into the fourth quarter. So the team that was behind, Team LeBron, like, well, we're kind of out of this. And he had Dame Lillard chucking up half. He hit a half quarter. And then he just kept doing it. And just time and time. He was trying to win the game on a half-court shot. It's just stupid. It's yeah. not basketball. Proud of myself, Trent. I didn't see a second of oh, it. You're, you're a lucky person. Mike Malone, after the game, uh-huh. said that was the worst basketball game I've ever seen. Is that right? See, I don't... I mean, I get why they do it. Yes. It's just, it still just, gets numbers. Yeah. It's to see the stars. It's I to guess. see the dunks. It's all that. For me, it's still Saturday night. Did Halliburton play in the game? Did you see much of him? No. No. I. Uh, was, he was an all-star? Yeah. Wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He was. He was an all-star. He was an all-star? I'm pretty sure he was an all-star. LeBron picked him. LeBron picked him. Oh, okay. Uh, He was. Well, again, I just watched. I Look, I'm with you, and I'm not going to criticize you, because of the all-star games, there's only one that matters. It's baseball. It's baseball, and that's it. Yeah, I know Halliburton was in the three-point contest, Mm because I bet on him there. Did you? Yeah, but what what was the final? 350-some points? I just... I can't watch it's it. It's not basketball. No. And Malone said it. Throwing right. the ball off the backboard right. and just, you know, uncontested to, as you catch it and slam it home. I know you hate the hockey all-star it's game. It's terrible. Pro Bowl, well, they've realized mm-hmm. not even to do that. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. about the slam dunk contest and the three-point contest. And even the Futures game mm-hmm. is more entertaining than what you get on Sunday night. So one more. XFL, did you see a play? Uh, no, because I flipped to it last night. During a commercial during the uh, All Star game, there was a there and was an XFL game last night. There was I didn't yeah. know that, and I flipped over and they were in commercial, so went right back and no, didn't see a play over the weekend. Not sure how it's gonna flop. When they all flop, they do. You just get you get to the end of when the Super Bowl is over. We're done with football. You know, as much as they want to try and shoehorn other leagues at you, and yeah, maybe if you're a hardcore college fan and one of the players went to your school or you rooted for them, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I think even that's a stretch. Mm-hmm. You don't know the helmets, you don't know the uh, the uniforms, you don't know anything about them. It's it's not gonna it's not gonna catch on. Even the rules. I mean, maybe the rules are kind of approving. You know, speaking of rules. College football is changing some rules, potentially. Oh, really? They want to shorten the games. And the two that are on the table, that um, well, one in particular, that I just can't see how this gets off the ground. Incomplete pass? 
clock keeps running. Hmm. First down. Now, this one may get through. It's going to be like the NFL. The clock doesn't stop. on a When the team makes a first down, the clock doesn't automatically stop. It will inside the two minutes, but it keeps running like the NFL. But when there's an incomplete pass, the NFL the clock stops. Right. As it should be in college football. That's a ridiculous rule if they put that in. Well, I understand they want to... It's gotten out of control. Well, it's three and a half, three hours, 40-minute games. Yes. Right? You're going to have the TV commercials. That's not going away. Got to pay those bills. Right. So that's not going away. I understand going to the NFL rules the way that the clock management is. I'm fine with it. There is something, though, that I, I just enjoy more. Clock stops when you got to move the chains. Yeah. And it just gives... A little more excitement to those fourth quarters because, but it's inside the two minutes. It will stop. It still will. Mm-hmm. I, I'd even maybe stretch it the last five, five? Yeah. yeah, something like that. Like they do in the second half of the NFL. Yeah. yeah, first, even first the second half, last five minutes okay. of each half. You know, you get that. There's just something more exciting about it. The pros are the pros. You know, they they right. got quarterbacks that can do it. and They're getting paid forty million dollars a year. Fine. I like the college rule but, as it's set, just because it gives a better chance of making a run down the field. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with you, but you you aren't for, I mean, it's not even crossing your mind that, you know, it's not an idea to keep the clock running on no, an incomplete pass. That's ridiculous. It's, it's, yeah. We're going to be down to two-hour games. I mean, from no one extreme to the pass, other. Right? I don't think so, but it's it's on the table. It's on the table. Those are the two that stuck out to me. Well, it's going to lead to less plays. Significantly lead fewer to plays. Less scoring. If they stop it um, at the, with the incomplete, with uh, with first downs, they think that they will uh, take seven plays out of the game. That's fine. But if they stop it, if they keep running it after every uh, incompletion, my God. <laughs> Dozens. 27? Yeah, that's too many. Yeah. All right, Scott Dockerman coming up. We will uh, talk to Doc, our friend from The Athletic. I'll pick his brain on that, pick his brain on basketball uh, as well. Um from uh, from the weekend when it comes to Iowa. Is there a pathway to a double-bye, do you think, still? Yeah, because they have so, so many tiebreakers. tiebreakers right? Got to beat Wisconsin. Have to beat week. Wisconsin Wednesday. Have to beat the Wednesday. There's a path, but got a little more difficult. I, I did the old b-ball.notnothing mm-hmm. and uh, picked my own games last night after the loss. I ended up as a seven seed in what I put in you there. You were down. In. I wasn't that much down. I didn't have them beat in Wisconsin, though. I had them bouncing back, though, getting the win against Michigan State. I think they win both of those. You know what, all of a sudden? I had them 2-2, two and two, and they were a 7 seed. Mm-hmm. Well, 3-1, and one, though, very quickly can move up. Those tiebreakers are going to be important. Um, you know what's going to be trickier than we thought? Nebraska. Nebraska. Huskers are playing well. You know who's really playing well, and we said his name the last three weeks on Monday show? Sam Little Sammy Hoiberg. All six way. foot of Sam Hoiberg. <laughs> he was terrific again down the stretch, stealing the ball, making his free throw. This kid's, well, A's a walk-on, mm-hmm. and B, he'd never played until like the last three weeks. But he's earned his spot. Not, he's not playing because he's a Hoiberg. Right. He's playing because he deserves to be playing. This Nebraska team's caught a little bit of fire. And point being, Iowa should beat them. Iowa's got a more talented roster, but that was an automatic. You know, you got a pencil. Go ahead and get your pen out and put that W in big, bold pen. Not as easy to do. Oscar's playing well. They got three remaining. Minnesota mm-hmm. win. Home for Michigan State. Yeah. Toss up. And then Iowa. And then Iowa. 
finish off six straight wins? They could play themselves out of that uh, 11, 12, 13, right. 14 area. They could play themselves out of that. Play them out of Wednesday mm-hmm. and get into Thursday, and away we go. This win. is, uh, I mean, this was good They're for Fred. I, I know it. They're 500. After what we saw in November, December, mm-hmm. no chance. And what was the stat last night? Uh, oh, Northwestern. First time they've won 11 games in the, did you see this? Mm-hmm. So first time they won 11 games in the Big Ten since 1931. How was that? 1931? I'm a 58 model. Oh. <laughs> Calm down over there. <laughs> um, I think my dad was, he was 31. Yeah. You know. Anyways, uh, 11.30, Scott Dockerman next, Miller and Condon underway on a Monday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Live. Typically are not in the NBA. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Let's get right to Scott Dockerman. By the way, Tom Manning out at Cincinnati. He has left the Bearcats. Mm. Uh, he's back to the NFL, to the Colts. Oh. So back in the NFL for former Cyclone OC Tom Manning. Hello, Scott Dockerman, Trent and Ken. Thanks for coming on. What have you done this morning to get under the skin of Husker fans, Scott Dockerman? You seemingly are living rent-free in their heads. My gosh. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny for a program that usually <laughs> tries to say Iowa is, uh, or Nebraska's living rent-free among Iowa fans. Yeah. It seems to be the other way around here. Uh, nothing, I don't think, this morning. I, all I've done is just have them around the house, but you never know. They might just wake up and decide, yeah, we're, we're mad at Iowa for just winning more games than Nebraska, so let's get after a reporter. Yeah, let's find the uh, re- reporter for The Athletic and let's attack him. Well, Doc, uh, let's, uh, this is where I want to start, and that's with the uh, the rivalries, and you guys at The Athletic put it out and put it out to a vote amongst the um, you know, subscribers at The Athletic. Uh, did before we get into some of the the, the uh, who's matching up, etc. Was there one that surprised you, Doc? Uh, you know, going through the exercise in your head, not necessarily when it comes to Iowa, but just to any. Uh, was there a result that surprised you? You know, not really, and that's probably the surprise to me. I mean, if there was anything, it was really kind of small. It was probably in the northwestern realm that Indiana was the number two for Northwestern and not Purdue, Michigan State, or, or Iowa. And um, and the Michigan State never really appeared on it. And, and that's what was the only thing that really surprised me. Um, but otherwise, I thought most of them were pretty straightforward. I, I guess I was a little bit surprised that uh, Nebraska fans overwhelmingly picked Iowa as uh-huh. their number one choice. And I was not surprised at all that Iowa was very, very split among the three. Right. And if you would have thrown Iowa State in there, it would have been split even more. Mm-hmm. So, um, really, it, it's it's a fascinating discussion, and I think it's one that um, you know that uh, I don't think will end anytime soon. Michigan, I, I was also surprised to see. Well, it's a great rivalry trophy, not much of a rivalry anymore. Michigan, Minnesota, that that ended up being the fourth yeah. choice for them after, of course, Ohio State, Michigan State, and Penn State. That the Gophers were the uh, fourth choice for the Michigan fans out there. Yeah, and and what I've kind of gotten from some feedback from fans, you know, along the older Big Ten is that they really want to play each other. And mm-hmm. you know, Michigan and Minnesota was kind of the signature rivalry, really, until the Vikings came, and then it really morphed quickly. You know, when <laughs> between Woody Hayes and uh, 
uh, Michigan getting good, especially under Bo Schembechler, have really became the, the major rivalry in sports. But but for the better part of the first 50 years of Big Ten football, it was Minnesota, Michigan. So there's a lot of people who have a lot of history and tradition, and the little brown jug is is right there. So I can understand that, and there's an affinity for playing the older rivalries, as you know, maybe even more so than some of the new. But I don't. But really, it, it's it's interesting when you talk about it because. There are some teams that are new um, that are just coming in that really don't have any other than maybe each other. And then Maryland and Rutgers' case, they don't really have each other as necessarily a big rival. So it, it's going to be uh, definitely a talk about subject for a while and then probably every four years. You know what surprised me a little bit, Doc, before we move on? It, it seemed like the Illinois-Iowa matchup was way more important to Illini fans than it was to Hawkeye fans. I thought it would be closer. Yeah, and, and I think if we would have had four uh, categories instead of three, I think that might have gone up quite a bit more for Illinois. And if it was basketball, it probably would be number one. Mm-hmm. But um, but I think it would probably be split a lot with Illinois and probably Northwestern is probably the number four choice among Iowa fans. But, you know, Illinois has uh, Northwestern as its rivalry. Um uh, and then Purdue is nearby. It's only 90 miles away and Indiana and Iowa, you know, so it's really kind of all in that Bermuda triangle, if you will, over in that part of the world. And then, of course, with, with Iowa, not that far either. So I, I can understand that. Iowa just has, you know, if it was Minnesota and Wisconsin are, are two, you know, century old rivalries, Nebraska and Iowa have really, you know, that, that has a lot of equity in the Big Ten and, and it does, it will grow. It will continue to be heated. So I think it's just a matter of kind of odd team out. What do you do with USC and UCLA? Because they're off on an island. Maryland, Rutgers, yeah, there's at least some kind of proximity, and you can generate rivalries there. I mean, does this have to be something that ultimately just proves to be organic? And we talk about here, Iowa-Penn State has developed into a rivalry over the last 25 years and what that's kind of built into for both fan bases. Does it have to be organic with whatever happens with the two California schools? Not, not necessarily, and and here's why I think it's going to end up happening. I mean, we'll probably know a little bit more today or tomorrow. I'm not sure about the the entire mechanics of it, but they'll have some sort of structure decided. And I, but I think when you look at those uh, those two in particular, is that that's why they'll probably go on a four year block, and they'll have it'll be ultimately 24 protected rivalries. And then, uh, but then, like out of that 24, they'll probably be 10 to 12 that that are kind of those that extend, you know, Iowa, Minnesota, Michigan, Michigan State, along with Michigan, Ohio State. But then there'll be some that I think at the end of every four years will probably end up rotating. Mm-hmm. And so that's why with USC, you can say, you know what, you're going to definitely play UCLA. There's yeah. no doubt about that. But, right. but maybe we want you to start off with a four-year block with Penn State or Ohio State. And then maybe one of the Western schools just for proximity, maybe it's Nebraska. Same thing with UCLA. Maybe you say, well, let's, let's get you with Michigan State, um, you know, or, or somebody like that, and then maybe Minnesota or Nebraska, you know, just to kind of move things around. And then every four years, you kind of shake it up. And, and then there might be some situation. What if, uh, let's say, what if Nebraska gets to be really good again? Then maybe you say, you know what, let's, let's have a four-year series with Penn State or somebody else. That's why I think this could be a really interesting and fun s- scenario because long-term, you you'll still protect your most important rivalries, but then in the you know every four years you could cycle it up because you know what if uh what if Ferris retires and Brett Bielema comes to Iowa <laughs> and then maybe Wisconsin drops off 
maybe you do want Iowa Illinois to be a mm. uh, a big rivalry uh, series from for another four year block. Well, that's a that's a topic for a whole other day, but that's that's a good one there, <laughs> Doc. Uh, so let, since we're talking uh, kind of down these lines, before we get into um, you know the, uh, basketball from last night, etc. There's seemingly Doc. There's was there's, there was more chatter this weekend uh, than we've seen in some time when it comes to. Look, we know the Pac-12 is in deep water. It certainly seems like that. And now there's that Big 12, Pac-12 talk again. I know that, you know, it started, oh, maybe on Thursday with some smaller publications writing about it, and then it kind of picked up to some steam. Uh, Brett Thamel wrote a big piece on the, on where the Pac-12 is going. I'm assuming that Mandel is working on something or one of your fine writers over at The Athletic. Are you seeing some steam or uh, some, at least... You know, some chatter, not sure it's, it's screaming, or maybe it's just, you know, a murmur at this point. Pac-12, Big 12 maybe getting their heads together and doing something, and it would obviously be at the behest of the Pac-12 because, I mean, they're circling the drain, seemingly. You're right, and uh, this is what's interesting because a year ago it felt like it was going to go the other way, and uh, I think the Big 12 is, is more uh, together right now and in kind of an expansion mode. They're being more aggressive. And whereas uh, the Pac-12 is kind of on on the defense here, and and uh, they want to look. At, I mean, right now it appears that San Diego State and SMU are their top targets to go to a 12-team league, and maybe that's something to do. But uh, I I think it behooves both. I think they can work together as some sort of a you know maybe operate separate, but but work together on a lot of different topics. I think that really would make sense. Um, you know, whether it's a TV, you know, it's a challenge, you know, for different sports, football, basketball, whatever, um, working together to try to get some sort of uh, better media deal and then to stave each other off. You know, I mean, I wouldn't want to call it an alliance because we know that it works. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, I, but I think uh, if you're the Pac-12, you better stop this. You better stop the bleeding now yeah. because if, if, the Pac- if the Big 12 can go and convince um, – you know, the Arizona schools, the four-quarter schools, for instance. And then while you're at it, Washington and Oregon, that this is the way to go. Um, the Pac-12 is dead, and it's not coming back. And and I also think the Pac-12 might need to uh, – I mean, they have kind of similar academic standards to the Big Ten, and it may need to, to reevaluate that, those standards when it comes to um, including teams. I mean, what would make sense to me is something in the neighborhood of you know, Gonzaga for basketball and Boise State for football and, um, you know, do something mm-hmm. like that where you know you're going to get some ratings and get some um, teams in your, you know, in the upper echelon. But, um, but yeah, I think I don't, I won't say they're on life support or anything like that, but I do think that there's a lot of, uh, the, the tectonic plates are definitely rumbling, that's for sure. Speaking of rumblings, what, if anything's out there for the new Big Ten commissioner? We know Kevin Warren. I don't think you want to stop at 16. End of April, right? Is he's done? Right. Yeah. As it pertains to what the future is going to be at that position and maybe who the school presidents and the people that make this decision, what kind of new commissioner they're going to be looking for? You know, I talked to Gary Barta about this a couple of weeks ago, and he was pretty adamant. He wanted somebody that's more in the academic field, somebody who's been used to um, – college sports not necessarily what you've got in the big 12 and, and pac 12 because of mainly the issues related to nil and student athlete welfare that they are going to be the the issues that probably probably take the center stage going forward because you know the big 10 for instance you know they they will have that deal finalized it's still 
you know, a lot of T's need to be crossed and what have you with the, with the media partners. That's not a problem, but, but, you know, in the future, the, that's a seven-year deal, so they don't have to worry about it. They've already got the plans finalized for the college football playoff expansion, so they really don't have to. You know, there's a lot of little details, but nothing major. So it's really about, okay, what are the next steps when you deal with, with NIL, with the transfer portal, with the potential to pay athletes, that, those types of things. I, you know, that's really, I think, what he wants, and I think that makes a lot of sense at this point because you do need some strong leadership out of the Big Ten, because the Big Ten is one of the two powers um, in college sports today. And, and uh, you know, somebody like Gene Smith would make sense, but, you know, he's also, I'm not sure he's long-term for the job. I don't know if it needs to be long-term. Mm-hmm. You know, if it needs, you know, we've kind of been kind of with Iowa's AD, Iowa's football coach and the Big Ten commissioner, you just look at him almost as like a, you know, multi-decade position. And in some cases, you just don't need to worry about that. So maybe it is, uh, you know, for the next, you know, five to eight to ten years, that somebody in there can be, solidify a lot of this stuff and then take the Big Ten forward. Uh, Doc, uh, my last thing for you: Have you seen the uh, per, uh, college football rule changes proposal that's being kicked around? I guess this is after three or four years of trying to put something together. They're trying to shorten the games is what college football is trying to do, and I get that. Three and a half hour, three hour and 45 minute games, they're, they're just too long. Um, I, I can see the clock running after a first down. I, I could see that instead of stoppage. Um, I don't like the fact that there's some talk that they're going to continue to run the clock after an incomplete pass. That does nothing. The untimed down at the end of a first quarter or a third quarter, if there's a penalty, you can eliminate that, but that's only going to be two plays and then the other one that's out there is you can't call back-to-back timeouts when you're trying to, uh, you know, ice a kicker. Uh, of the of the four, the one that just drives me crazy that I just can't see ever getting traction, incomplete pass, the clock runs, no way. Yeah, and I think the way that that one's work, that's worded is to, what you know, the, the clock will stop on the incompletion, but then uh, once the ball is Spotted, then it'll start again. So it won't necessarily be keep running. I wouldn't. I would totally agree with you on that. I wouldn't want that. But but I can understand the thought on that. I that one to be would be a table one. Let's see what the other three do. Uh-huh. If it chops any time at all, you know. And, and the you know, untimed down. We've only seen that occasionally, like two, yeah. yeah, one or two, three times a season per game we watch. And even then, that's uh, you know, I guess it chops probably a minute because you know it's usually a penalty. They discuss it and then. Well, one untimed down, another 40 seconds, you know, that, that is stupid. And then, the, you know, the only fortunate part is about uh, only one timeout is they'll rob us of, uh, the, you know, the pig drama that we have. Oh, yes, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know. yeah. uh, but, you know, and then I think the clock running after first downs, um, I think is perfect. That's one that I've always yeah. even been troubled with. But, you know, I think if you add the, the spotting of the clock, then you may have, People saying, "Well, we need a two-minute warning or something like that." So, I, I would I would table that one. I agree with you, Ken. I think you just need to study that one a little bit more and let the other ones work, and then and then see how much further. And you know, the other thing is, and I know the marching band public really likes the twenty-minute half times, but I would yeah. cut it down by at least just a couple of minutes. It doesn't have to be twelve like the NFL, but I think you know. 16, 18 minutes would be perfect to me. I think that's a good call, too. Doc, wrapping up here, you wrote last week after Iowa got it done against Ohio State, then right back the other way on the road against Northwestern. This team really struggling to shoot the ball on the road. Your takeaway from last night and looking forward to the final two weeks. Yeah, rough night shooting, no question. They just could not get anything to drop, and then they 
I think they settled a lot of times, especially in the first half, for trying to get that three. And I mean, they're usually a pretty good shooting three-point team. I mean, you know, they're seventh in the Big Ten, but they're still one of the, you know, when they drop, they drop in droves. Mm-hmm. And, and so I could understand it, but I thought that they were looking for easy answers on the offense. And there weren't any easy answers because Northwestern's defense was so good. And they were, it was a spirit environment. Sometimes, you just say, okay, that happened, <laughs> and you just move on. And but you know, uh, you know, Fran getting tossed, and you know, Patrick McCaffrey getting a technical. It kind of adds to the the level of drama, if you will, uh, of that game. And the fact that the Big Ten ADs are all meeting in Chicago, and Gary Barta was buying the pitch. I, mm. I I wonder, you know, what the conversations are like today with Gary and some of his fellow colleagues about that. But overall, I mean, it, it's one of those games you just chalk it up, you move on. But I, I do think the the Wisconsin game is going to be pivotal, and you know, and Iowa dropped in in, in uh, the net rankings, you know, and and to forty two, and and it, it really the net rankings are just absolutely perplexing. I just do not understand some of you know how you know some leagues you can lose and win, lose win, lose win, and you stay the same, and then in other leagues pretty much the same thing once you get to the conference play. But but that said, uh, you know, I think they need to go probably two and two down the stretch just to just to feel like they're secure in the tournament. And um, and so, you know, they've got some tough games, and Nebraska's playing well. Yes, so, they are. You know, I, I think they need to I think they need to go at least 2-2 two and two just to make sure they get in. Good conversation, Scott Dockerman. Thanks for doing this. Catch you next week. Thanks, Doc. Have a good week. What's coming up at The Athletic? Anything you'd like to share? You know, I'm actually going to take a few days off nice. this week. You know, so I'm going to kind of wait. Next week I'm heading to the Combine. So, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a busy time from then on on the draft. But uh, otherwise we've got a lot, as usual, coming out. And, um, you know, I think whatever happens out of Rosemont, Illinois today might bear it to news. Uh, here's, uh, here's hoping. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Doc. Enjoy your days off. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic as we get the uh, the latest with Doc. Uh, any problem with the rivals? I mean, it makes no. more sense, right? It makes yeah. Illinois out for now. But he's right about basketball. If it was a basketball discussion, different story. And can we have a different conversation for basketball? Uh, yeah. Shouldn't that be absolutely. part of it? Absolutely. Totally agree. And we should. Every sport. Mm-hmm. You know, Iowa and Penn State should wrestle every single year. Mm-hmm. I don't care about a rotation. Yeah. No. Yeah. They should wrestle every single year. Be smart about your other sports, too. It's not just football. Make the other ones matter. Uh, we'll come back, finish up the hour. We're here until 1. It's Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station 106.658. All right, Miller and Condon, final minute, first hour of the program. We're here until just before 1. Drake does play Bradley on ESPN2. It has been confirmed. Yes, I saw Bradley's uh, website also had it there. So Did they? Good to go. ESPN yep. 2. 3 o'clock tip on Sunday. That would be a good one. Yeah, curtain comes down in the valley with the uh, winner to winner takes all as Gets far as the one, one seed. seed. Yeah, Pretty big spot in the valley. Gets to wear Sunday. the white jersey on Sunday. Yeah, good point. That's about it. They're going to get there, Yeah, aren't they? I mean, the paths, is there a big difference in paths? I don't think probably. I mean, they're just... After one and two, it's so cobbled together. It's, yeah. it's difficult to kind of go that route and certainly think that, oh boy, man, they got the tough draw, the two. Right. And they've been jumping on teams early, too, Drake. Yes. All right, hour number two, Kevin Lehman on the Valley and on the Big Four. Uh, and then Nick Olson on Iowa State as they try to get back in the wind column. Not going to be easy. Off to Texas tomorrow to take on the Longhorns. That's on the Longhorn Network at 8. Miller and Condon, hour 2 next, 106.3 KXNO.